Hello and welcome to Read Under the Covers, a podcast aimed at seven to ten year olds. Join me as we read some of my favorite books. Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of Read Under the Covers and this week we are reading chapter four and five of The Witch of Kensal Rise, Windy Days Ahead. So feel free to read along with me Um, and again I would love to hear what your favourite books are. So Any reading errors that I make, apologies in advance. Okay, let's get started. Chapter 4. The night feels wrong. Rose sat in her favourite armchair in front of the fire. Another one of the magical things she had inherited from her grandfather. The armchair was light blue today, the colour of a swimming pool on a sunny day, which was odd. The armchair was usually a deep forest green or the brightest bubblegum pink. Rose didn't know why or how the chair worked or or why tonight it was a light blue. It had changed late this afternoon when she had come back from picking Percy up from school. Rose leaned back in the armchair, breathing in the smell of cigar smoke and whiskey, a scent that always reminded her of her grandfather. She remembered him sitting in the chair and telling her mysteriously that the colour of the armchair reflected its mood. In the ten years or so that she had owned the chair, she had never seen the colour it was today. It, It was worrying. She stroked the arm of the chair and wished that it it was able to talk. Her grandfather, a powerful and world-renowned witch, had been able to communicate with the chair. But Rose was what was called a kitchen witch. She made potions that helped people fall in love, get over illness quicker, and had the power to turn a human into a toad. But she couldn't do much else. Her gifts were considered second class in the witching world, which often meant she wasn't invited to any of the witching world parties. Most of her friends were a few special humans, elementals and the occasional fairy, which other witches found to be rather odd. Between the unusual colour of her favourite armchair and the wild wind, which was still blowing furiously outside, Rose wondered if there was something happening in the world of elementals that she should know about. She picked up her cup and drank the last mouthful of tea and stood up. Stretching, she called for her coat and witch's bag, similar to a doctor's bag, and filled with everything she needed to create potions and special spells on the go. The witch's bag was another of those odd items she had inherited. Like the teacup, her grandfather had spelled the bag, It anticipated whatever the witch might need. Tonight, it had filled itself with lavender, thyme, salt, feathers, and several other things that that it thought Rose might need. Stretching out her arms, she put on her coat and placed her hand around the bag that was now sitting on the edge of the armchair. 
The coat sat snugly around her pumpkin-coloured dress, falling halfway down her calves, covering her black and white striped tights. Rose pulled out her phone and dialed the number for the lo- local taxi company. Made a veil, she said when the company answered the phone. It was time to find out more about what was going on. Hopefully, Harry and the Queen of Fairies would be able to help. Chapter 5. Harry and the Magical Garden The wind battered angrily against Rose, so violently that it almost took her breath away. She leaned into it, pushing her body against it. Puffing lightly, she pulled her coat tighter. Even with it buttoned up all the way, she could feel the fingers of the wind trying to stretch it open. I should have had the taxi drop me out the front of Harry's house. What was I thinking? But she knew what she had been thinking. There was something strange about this wind. It didn't seem like any type of wind Agatha or her sisters would blow. Asking the taxi driver to drop her off a street away from Harry's was being overcautious, surely. The skin on the back of her neck tingled and the tiny air stood to bold attention. A familiar prickling sensation that she had only felt once or twice before. Was she being watched? Kantra Kantrata, she repeated. Kantra Kantrata. She had started the spell the moment that she had stepped out of the taxi. The air had quietened and stilled around her as she focused all her attention on the spell and tried to walk while doing so. Kantra Kantrata was one spell that required the witch to be able to repeat it over and over and over again. Any disruption meant the witch would have to start the spell again, which would be a waste of time since the purpose of the spell was to hide the witch from any prying eyes, magical or not. The wind had started to blow harder, pushing her back. It was becoming more difficult to maintain the spell. Rose slid on a plastic bottle, almost losing her footing and falling flat on her bum. She screwed up her face as she righted herself, holding tightly onto the thread of the spell. Cantra, cantrata. Cantra, cantrata, she said in quick succession. Looking up, she could see her destination only a couple of long strides away a white picket fence and metal gate, nearly in reach. The wind had become so wild that she had to close her eyes to protect them from the dust and rubbish. It felt like a storm was blowing all around her, but instead of rain, it was paper and grime from the street. Peeking one eye open, she placed her destination firm in her mind and then closed it again. While she repeated the spell, over and over she shuffled forward, placing her hand on top of the fence and the other outstretched wide like a zombie. It took all of her strength to push against the wind, taking tiny, shuffling steps. Cantra, cantrata, felt like an eternity before she finally felt the metal, cold gate. 
She breathed a sigh of relief but knew she couldn't stop, not until she was safely behind the gate, which was taking forever to open. Peeking open one eye, she tried to see what was wrong. The gate didn't usually take this long to open. Cantra, cantrata, she continued. Cantra, cantrata, know that knowing that she couldn't even spell the gate to open or all her efforts would be lost. Turning towards the street, she watched as the wind angrily rocketed cars back and forth. Car alarms had started to sound as bottles and paper buffeted against them as if trying to get in. Still, Rose held on to the spell. She couldn't risk whoever was out there knowing about this place. Rose opened her palm and closed it again, hoping that the gate would recognise her. She waited. Nothing. She moved her hand to a different position on the gate, and then another. Again, nothing. Her voice was starting to screech as she repeated the spell. Cantra, cantrata. Cantra, cantrata. She sounded desperate. Standing against the gate as the wind buffeted her body, she leaned against it trying to push it open. If only she could climb over. But the spell that had been created around it stopped anyone from entering any other way except by walking through it. Leaning her whole body against it, Rose was surprised when the gate swung open easily and she tumbled through. The threads of the spell were lost as she skated to the ground and the gate snapped shut behind her. Rose sighed, her body sagging with relief, and she stood up and dusted herself off. She was safe. Putting her hands through her grey and blonde hair to tame the bird's nest that she was sure it had become was almost impossible. She could feel the knots upon knots as she ran her palms over the top of it, trying at least to smooth it down. Breathing deeply, she smiled as the air around her warmed and the scent of orange blossoms tickled her nose. The fire engine red front door opened, illuminating the rich green garden beyond. Out stepped Harry dressed in a green and yellow floral shirt and khaki shorts. His feet were bare and he wore a bracelet with beads the colour of the moon around his ankle. Rose, what are you doing here at this time of night? Rose raised her eyebrow at his attire. A smile broke across her face. She couldn't help it. Harry's low gruff voice always made her think of a purple and green scaly dragon that was often found in ancient myths and stories. Although... Harry looked nothing like a dragon, and his white long hair, bright blue intelligent eyes, and wide smiling face. Come in, come in, Harry ushered Rose through the door. It looks like you're having quite a night. He stared past the gate to the wind that was still blowing with determination. Surely that wind can't be because of Agatha. He rested his eyes on Rose. Rose purposely ignored Harry's question, not yet ready to talk about the strange wind. Instead, she watched as a blue and yellow butterfly landed on her hand, its wings dancing up and down. Her body relaxed for the first time since she had left her house. 
She breathed in the magic that had created this haven in the middle of London. Harry placed his hand on the middle of Rose's back and guided her towards the large red floral couch that sat in the middle of the living room. Um, you've redecorated since I was last here, Rose said as she sunk into the deep cushions. It wasn't me. I woke up two days ago when it was like this, Harry called from the kitchen. Rose smiled and nodded her head. This is what happened when wild magic mixed with witch's magic. It came alive and started to create its own personality. Rose was surprised it had taken this long for the wild magic that came from the natural world to combine with the witch's magic that had created this place. It had been more than ten years since her grandfather had weaved his spells to create this haven. Harry placed a steaming mug of tea in front of Rose. Chew sugars just as you like it. Thank you. Is this what's happened to the wind? It's taken on a life of its own. Rose picked up her mug and took a sip. No, I don't think so. The elemental magic is part of the wild magic, but it's never mixed with witch's magic before. I'm not really sure how it could. Harry frowned as he sipped his drink. Well, what's causing this crazy wind then? I mean, I know Agatha has a temper, but she would never cause this type of destructive wind. Not unless there's a good reason. Rose shook her head. Uh, Look, I don't know. This wind is... I don't think this wind is Agatha or sisters. Rose took another sip of her tea. But I don't know what's going on. I'm worried. What can I do to help? Rose wrestled her body from the couch that seemed to have taken a liking to her. When she had finally freed herself, she looked over to see Harry grinning widely. She raised an eyebrow and gave him one of her, I'm going to turn you into a frog stares. The look just made Harry smile even wider. That's the reason I don't sit in that chair. Sorry, I should have warned you. She gets upset when you get up. I notice, thanks, Rose replied dryly. I want to ask the fairies at the bottom of your garden if they know anything about what's happening in the world of the elementals. Uh, You can, but you don't have to go to the bottom, bottom of the garden anymore. They're everywhere, Rose frowned. But aren't they usually shy? Harry shrugged and shook his head. I know, but last week they just appeared everywhere. They're still shy, but they're out in the open. Hmm, that's strange. Come on, I'll take you to Penny. She's the chattiest of the fairies. Rose drank the last of her tea and followed Harry into the garden. As soon as she stepped outside, she drew a sharp breath and her eyes opened wide. In front of her were dark green shrubs and trees with flowers blooming everywhere. It took a moment to realise that some of the flowers were fairies. Uh, Harry? Harry sighed happily as he stood next to Rose. I know. This place, Rose said lost for words. It felt like a warm summer's eve in the garden. Jasmine teased at the edge of her nostrils. She took a deep breath and allowed the different scents to fill her nose. Visiting Harry was always a magical experience once you stepped beyond the gate. The grey skies and smog of London were left behind. It was always as warm as spring 
on a summer's day. Rose had once visited and sat underneath the oak tree in the centre of the garden. As she had sat there, white, soft snowflakes had kissed her cheeks. Oh, it gets magical, more magical every year. I pinch myself every day. If your grandfather was here, I would thank him again for the haven he created. Rose smiled. It was bittersweet. The same one she gave whenever she thought of her grandfather. Sad that he was gone, but glad to have had the time with him. He knew you were the perfect person to protect this haven. He just added some magical layers to the havens in London that connected the fairy and human lands were more protected. Harry nodded his head. Yeah, but without your grandfather, the Witch's Council would never let a human become a keeper of one of these places. Mm, maybe, Rose shrugged mysteriously. Harry looked over to study Rose. She was deep in thought. Do you know something I don't? She snapped out of her daydreaming and shook her head. No, but I often wonder why the Queen of the Will-O-Wisps chose to show herself to you. And here, fairies all over your garden. They are the shyest of the magical creatures, and yet over the last ten years have been getting closer and closer. And now, now they are flying around your garden as if it is their own. Harry laughed, a deep, warm sound. So you think I'm one of the fairies? Rose shrugged. Who knows? Turning towards Harry, she planted a soft kiss on his cheek. I don't know, but I do know you were one of the special folk. Blushing a bright pink that dotted across his cheeks and nose, Harry motioned for Rose to follow him. Come on, let's find Penny and see if she or any of the other fairies know about this strange wind. So in the next episode, we will discover whether or not any of the fairies know about this strange wind. Uh, I hope you enjoyed these chapters in the book. Uh, and again, I would love to hear from you.